Thomas? Michael. Now, I know you told me many times that you're looking for another amusement park to go to. You're getting tired of Six Flags. You're getting tired of Disney World, taking the family. Well, I got something for you, buddy. You got something for me? You know Tyra Banks? You know who that is? For me and the family? Tyra's yeah. amusement park? Do you, do you know who Tyra Banks is? Of course, the model, the supermodel. Well, she's building a 21,000 square foot multi-leveled building in Santa Monica. Are you ready? It's going to be Model Land. A theme park for the beautiful? Yeah, it's modeling for the masses. They describe it as where the modeling world meets fantasy, meets entertainment, meets technology, meets... It's not going to meet any meat because they don't eat meat. Oh, meets retail and meets dining. <laughs> and most important, it meets your wallet. You know what this sounds like to me? It sounds like Planet Hollywood where everybody eats lettuce. That's what it sounds like to me. Why don't they just call it Lettuce Entertain You? <laughs> Knowing these models, there's definitely not going to be any food courts, are there? Have you ever dated a supermodel? I didn't date a supermodel, but I did date a model when I was in college. And she was dropping out of college. And I said, what about your education? And you know what she said to me? She says, that education is important, but working as a model is importanter. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, buddy. Not the smartest. No, but prettiest you could believe. Oh, uh, well, what else? It doesn't matter. Everything else is secondary, right? Yeah. But, uh, I mean, who's going to go to this thing anyway? Maybe your former model friend. There's probably a lot of modeling going on in that part of the country, don't you think? Well, I'd like to go there and watch them like a zoo, you know? Oh, you're standing on the outside. Yeah, looking in and seeing all these girls pretending they're going to be models. I bet it got one long runway. That's all it is. One long runway. Yep. <laughs> okay. I'd, I'd like to see the wall of mirrors, too. I bet that's some place, right? They have no. the mirrors that make you look thinner, I'm sure. Right. She says the experience will help visitors redefine what a model really is and for people to have dreams of visions of themselves. I don't know. It just seems like another way to make a buck at the expense of the of the man, right? Everybody can relate. Santa Monica, right? She made a lot of money modeling, so I'm sure she's got it to lose. It sounds like a bust, although... Yeah, they should call it bankruptcy land. <laughs> you know what's a huge attraction? What's that? In Los Angeles? is the Scientology Museum. Ugh. Yeah. You wouldn't catch me in there. Well, we went on a family vacation a few years ago, and my young kids wanted to go there just because they heard all this crazy stuff about Scientology. And it was very entertaining, you know, but you have to go in with the mindset that, you know, you're not going to get brainwashed, even though the entire time they're trying to brainwash you. Right. I remember one time I went to L.A., and I forget the name of it, but right in the middle of the business area of the town, they have this little park that's kind of roped off with a chain link fence. It's called La Brea Tar Pits. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've heard of that. Yeah. And, you know, in this modern city, there's this little parcel of land that's, you know, just where oil was at one time. So you know. it's not actually oil that's oozing out of the ground. It's tar. Yeah. So you can't really do anything with it. You can repair the roads, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, in the early days, all L.A. was... All you could see was like a few homes and just oil wells sticking up all over the place. Boy, that sure changed, hasn't it? You know, I don't do Facebook. I really yeah. don't. I, right. Although I have a Facebook page, but occasionally I'll go there to see what's up. And the other day, there's a picture of a guy that I know in Southern California, and he's basking in the sun. You know, it's kind of like getting one of those greeting cards at Christmas time from 
somebody and his family on the beach when you're in a very cold place, you know, just kind of sticking your nose in it. And then I actually made a comment. I never do this. I don't really participate in Facebook. I hate Facebook. But I said, because he's bragging about how wonderful it is in Southern California, right? Right. I said, okay, what's so wonderful about earthquakes, floods, mudslides, (laughs) tsunamis, Right. Wildfires. Wildfires. And uh, I didn't get a response. Kind of interesting. <laughs> he's, probably, he's probably cowering in his basement. In the fetal position, sucking his thumb with a blankie. Tom and Mike. In Oklahoma City, a courthouse closed for one of the strangest reasons I've ever heard of. It closed because <laughs> people saw what looked like bed bugs falling from the jacket of a lawyer. And he took off the jacket, even more fell out. So they had to close the courtroom to make sure that the bed bugs didn't spread to other other people. You ever hear something like that? Yeah, actually, that is a pretty common thing for government offices. They close at the drop of a hat if there's even any hint, and I mean hint, rumor of a bed bug. They just close everything down and they fumigate the entire place. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's crazy. Because new meaning of the saying, don't bring your problems to work, right? Yeah, but if you get time off for doing it, you see some motivation. Hey, I got a question for you. Go ahead. I understand that most hotels have bed bugs, and they're terrible. It's almost impossible to get rid of them. I don't know if you say most hotels. Well, I heard something like 70% or something like that. But my point being, have you ever seen a bed bug? No. I've never seen one either. I thought they were almost like microscopic. I didn't know that you could actually see them moving around. And you know what's crazy? I mean, they're so, you know, icky and people hate them and they suck your blood or whatever. But you remember when your little kids, you'd hear your mother say, good night, honey, don't let the bed bugs bite. What a thing to say right before you're going to sleep, right? Right. I wonder if that's why I used to have those nightmares about giant bugs eating me. Because, you know, if you've never seen a bed bug, how do you know when you're a little kid, they're not some giant, scary thing? Well, if bed bugs are found on beds, Hoover came up with the name cockroach, right? Think about that. Okay, I've thought about (laughs) it. I think there's something dark and sinister (laughs) in that joke. They say the witnesses in the courtroom said the attorney didn't even have much of a reaction when the bud bugs started coming off him. They said they don't think he even blinked. <laughs> Why would he care? Blood-sucking parasites won't bite a lawyer. Professional courtesy. Yes. Right? Right. Yeah, so... Uh, you just call them bug beds. Bud bugs. Well... You, you did. You just call them bug beds. Well, I would never have one in my bed or my home or my couch. That's when I'm, you know that you really adore your bed bugs when you turn your beds into bug beds. Tom and Mike. You love dogs, right? Yeah. So I know you have two dogs that are fairly up there in age, and one day they're not going to be around. They're going to the doggy heaven, and you and Karen are probably going to get new dogs. Well, there's a couple new apps now that lets dog lovers swipe right for the perfect pet match. You ever think of that? Let's them do what? You know, like you go on Tinder, and you look for uh, a date, and you swipe right if you want somebody. Well, you can do that with a dog now. Animal lovers have created a mobile application inspired by the dating app Tinder to match homeowners with local dog shelters for a home for their dogs. Doesn't that sound great? Oh, I see. I once had a half lab, half pit bull, right? You bite off your legs and then bring it back to you. How about that? That was your first girlfriend, right? Yes, it was. You know, 
Do you ever watch those Sarah McLaughlin ads for dogs? Oh, yeah. That's the number one thing to make you change the channel. Right. I can't right. see those dogs. I think I watched that ad maybe halfway through once. And I will do anything once. Right. Tom and Mike. I know you're more religious than me, but here I'm going to give you an example why I have a, a bad feeling whenever it comes to religion. There's this thing in Washington, D.C. that started a couple years ago. It's called the Museum of the Bible. You ever hear of it? Maybe. It's an interactive museum that has all has like three levels, and it tells you all kinds of things about uh, the Bible and all about Christianity and stuff like that. Well, it may, it may just jump the shark. It's had a couple problems since it's opened. First of all, do you remember that scandal with Hobby Lobby buying artifacts from Iraq, from ISIS, and taking them? They weren't theirs. Well, that was one thing from this museum they had to deal with. Secondly... They had these Dead Sea Scrolls that they said were from the Dead Seas, turned out to be fakes. Now, the CEO of this museum, you think he'd just leave it well enough alone. He claims to have found the stone, and it's in his museum, that was used by David when he killed Goliath with his slingshot. Oh, boy. Yeah, do you think he jumped the ark on that, baby? Jumped the ark. <laughs> Get it? And they asked people, you really believe that people are going to believe that you found the one stone that was in the slingshot? And this guy, here's his answer. This is what we believe, and this is what you can't argue with faithful. So, I don't know. Do you understand why I don't like religion? Yeah, there's a lot of charlatans out there. Who would have thought P.T. Barnum would have an influence on American Christianity, right? Oh, he did. He definitely did. That's the stone that Goliath used. That's like saying, I know a guy who knows a guy who knows another guy. Come on. I wonder where they got this thing. <laughs> from the backyard of this guy's house. Can you, I can just see the, the, the strategy planning this museum. How will they know which ones of these are the real relics? And the guy goes, they won't. That's the point. <laughs> All right. Come on I, in. Jesus went through the temple with his whip, chasing out the money changers. Right. When he comes back, I think he's probably going to be taking his whip to this place, singing that classic Devo song, Whip It. Whip It Good. Tom and Mike. You're going to love this. As a guy driving his car in Devon, England. Devon, England is about five or six miles from the coast in southern England, right? You've been there, right? Uh, yes. You have been there? Yes. So anyway, this guy's driving his car and he crashed. He swerved, it hit something and he crashed his car, landed in a ditch. When the cops come, he told the police that he swerved to avoid an octopus. <laughs> so... To get for the octopus to get where this road is, he'd have to crawl over hills and fields and get in the path of this car. <laughs> he lost, I guess you could say he lost control and went into a squid, right? <laughs> Were there squid marks? I, I, it's getting to the point where one can't rest in one's garden in the shade anymore, right? That's right. Hey, well, I, let me ask you this, right? So, how far was this octopus from the ocean? Six miles, six miles, right? So, it's entirely possible. That somebody down by the beach picked it up and threw it, or they were transporting some kind of you know calamari for a restaurant. <laughs> Maybe he was driving a zamboni. Now if this was in Detroit. I'd buy it. A zamboni. You know they, yeah, you know what they do in Detroit, don't you? No. When a player scores a hat trick in hockey in every arena, hats come raining down from the stands. But in Detroit, they throw calamari. <laughs> calamari. They throw, yeah, they throw they throw octopuses. Oh, it's really weird. I don't. Um, it's not many, but enough that it, it's it's been a tradition. I don't know if they still do it, but are you being serious? I swear to God, Google 
Where do you get an octopus? I guess at your seafood store. So you actually have one when you come into the arena. Yep. So when you go through security and they check your bag <laughs> and they go, oh, that's an octopus. That's fine. Yeah, that's no problem with that. Just in case there's a hat trick. Right? Well, I guess an octopus isn't any kind of danger for like a terror attack or anything. But, you know, this guy, I guess if you're drunk and you're seeing double, a deer could look like it has eight legs, right? Exactly. Yeah, that's what it is. Well, I tell you, I wish I hit a calamari on that card. You love I, calamari. Oh, man, I love it. There's nothing like having a nice, and especially in places like in Southern Italy or, or Italy anywhere or Southern France, they have that fresh seafood from the Mediterranean. You know, if this octopus was a little closer to the ocean, you know, I could understand. I mean, like for instance, you know, I'm from Cleveland, right? Right. On Lakeshore Drive, when Lake Erie starts to erupt, you know, a lot of people don't know this, but especially outside of the Great Lakes area, any of the big natural lakes, you know, they get big waves sometimes. Did you know that? No, I didn't. Yeah. Well, if the weather is really horrible, you're having a terrible storm, and you're driving down Lakeshore Drive, and the waves are kicking up, mm -hmm. this actually happened to my wife, Karen, because she grew up in Cleveland. She's driving down Lakeshore Drive, and the waves are splashing up, and she's swerving to miss the fish all over the road. <laughs> That's a true story. You should have got out and put them in her trunk. <laughs> yeah, dinner. What the hell is she talking about? Come dinner. on. Tom and Mike. You know, we love to talk about our millennials, right? We do. They just did a study and found out that one in three Who's millennials. They? This was done by the, the Atlantic. It's a, it's a website and magazine, The Atlantic. One in three millennials wish they had grown up at the time their baby boomer parents grew up because they think that opportunities were easier to get a stable job. It cost less to buy a home and the cost of living was much better. They're crippled by student debt and they like cheap flights and smartphones are great, but it's no substitute for having a more secure income and have a home of their own. I want to tell these people, these millennials, it'll trickle down eventually, kids. In fact, the older you get, the more it trickles. Right, Thomas? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't know about that, old guy. <laughs> Tom and Mike.